0: Amen. Well, good morning. Is God not good today? I know I say that a lot, but he is. Amen. Amen. Hey, go ahead and turn your Bibles to Jonah. Jonah, it's in the Old Testament. He's one of the minor prophets, so it's going to be near Matthew in the New Testament. Let me just, um, for my own amusement, how many of you brought your Bibles today? Oh, my hand's going all over the place. Open it up, turn it on if you use your phone. Oscar, I'm going to let you borrow mine since I have my scripture and my notes. Amen. We've got a lot to cover today, so I'm going to make a deal with you, okay? If someone will take me out to Never mind, just kidding. I won't go too long. So, but no, if we don't get everything covered, I'm going to cut it off. And I'm going to finish that up in a couple of weeks because I think that this story is so, so impactful um, about God's compassion that I don't wanna rush it along. Is that okay with everybody? All right, I told Brian over there when I was greeting, I said, I had his daughter, I said, give me a high five and I'll preach shorter. And I'd be lying if Brian didn't grab her hand. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Oh, hey, let's pray this morning. Father, we love you. Jesus, you're the reason why we're here. Lord, we come into your presence with thanksgiving, God, with thanks, and God, we pray that you would give us the compassion that you have, Lord, for the lost. God, help us to throw away our biases, our prejudice, Lord, and help us to love every person, no matter what they've done to us, the world, or to someone we know. Help us to love them like you did, or do, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, today we're continuing on with our series, Heroes of the Old Testament, and I'm not going to lie, this has been a great series for me as a pastor because I love digging into God's Word, and I don't know about you, but there was stuff about Noah and about Jonah today that I, I had no idea existed, and it's just amazing. How many of us like to dig in God's Word? If you're having a hard time reading the Bible, if you're a student here and you're like, Pastor Dave, I just can't read it, you know what? Get a study Bible and look at some of the historical context of what's going on. Historical context basically means how did it, what did it mean in that time period. And I'm telling you, the Bible will come alive to you. But we've been talking about heroes of the faith. And we talked about what is a hero. And a hero sometimes, or all times, is someone we put up on a pedestal on the mountain. And we just think that they're perfect. You know, I never heard a kid come to me and say, I really like Superman, because his weakness. Is okay? I never heard a kid say, I like Iron Man or the Hulk or anyone else because of the weakness they have. It's always the greatness. But as Christians, there's something we need to know. There's a little secret about the heroes of the Bible. They weren't perfect. They were men and women, just like you and I. And you know what? The only reason that they're heroes, and we're talking about them thousands of years thousands of years from then to now, is because of the decisions they made. They were you. They were lawyers. They were factory workers, okay? They were oil people. They, they were um, nurses, okay? They were just like you, except for God called them to do something, and instead of pushing it aside, they said, yes, Lord, whatever you want. And we're still talking about them today. Last week, we talked about Noah. Oh, whoa. What an amazing task to build an ark so everyone else can die but you and your family on the earth. That is a a sad mission from God. We talked about how Noah was lonely, how he was persecuted, how he lost his friends, he lost his respect in the community, and it wasn't all sunshine, sunshine and roses for Noah. Okay, he had real challenges in doing what God wanted him to do. And we do too, don't we? How many of us have faced a challenge just this week? Okay? I face a challenge on Sunday mornings because I have to wait for my wife which she's really good at getting ready, but then we have a one-year-old son. And you know, he doesn't always want to get out of bed and he doesn't always want to put his shoes on. If it was up to Michael, he would go barefoot everywhere. I know it's his hillbilly heritage. Okay? But we still got to put shoes on him. I'm okay with it, but mom would die if she came in here and didn't have shoes on him. They're going to Arkansas this week. I've been so lonely. Okay, my wife, I talked to my wife this morning. She said, hey, what would you been eating? I said, well, I ate cherry pie for dinner last night. (laughs) So I'm not really getting the nourishment. But the thing is, the thing is, the Bible characters had challenges. It wasn't perfect. This week, we're going to our next character, and his name is Jonah. Jonah. How many of us know the story of Jonah? Well, you know, I told you guys this last week, when I study for um, a, a sermon. Now that I have a son, everything has to do with the cartoon. Okay. Oh my. Hey, if you could do that every time I make a good point, that could really be some good sound effects. Okay. I feel like I'm on the late show. Okay. But the thing is, in my household, every time I think about a sermon, there's a song in my mind, whether it's Veggie tells, whether it's God's Angels, and you know what? I don't have my son with me this week. So for my sake, and I'm sorry if you don't like it, but I want to tell the story of Jonah with a little song. So please listen to this. think of spiritual things when you read the Bible, I think of, that's why Jonah was fish bait. Okay, now I really wanted to show VeggieTales, but it was too long, and you had the pirates that don't do anything, and it was kind of, they had a bus in the story of Jonah, and I never remember a bus, so, but this is um, one of the cartoons my son watches quite a bit, usually in the morning when we can't get him to be quiet and he needs to eat his veggies, we put on the music video. So the Bible does save households, just music videos. Oh, you know what? We've heard the story of Jonah. All of us have. We've heard the stories. We've heard the songs. But can I tell you, if we're not careful, we only see the story of Jonah face value. Okay? Have you ever heard it's not, uh, you don't know a book by its cover? There's so many things in the book of Jonah that we don't know as Christians are seekers of God because we don't dig into the Bible. Jonah was fish bait. Okay, that is, I mean, I'm just thinking about it now. Sorry, I just got to take a break. I got to get it out of my mind. But the thing is, there's so much more about Jonah that we don't know. We need to know that this man was a hero of the faith, and he had a lot of things that he did wrong, but a lot of things that he did right. So to explain the story of Jonah, um, just put your thumb there on uh, Jonah in your Bibles. We have to talk about the three main characters in this story. Okay, to get the foundation of what's going on. The first character is God, of course. He's the one that calls Jonah to preach to the Ninevites. I do like that in the cartoon, Nineveh looks like Vegas. I don't know why, but it does. Okay, but the thing is, God called Jonah to preach to the Ninevites, for them to have repentance. And the whole story about Jonah is about God's compassion for the lost, hated, and enemies of Israel. I don't know about you, but God has shown his compassion to me over and over and over again. If he's not a God of compassion, you know what? He's not anything. The second person of the story is Jonah. Now let me tell you a little bit about Jonah that maybe you didn't know. Jonah was a well-respected man in his community. He was one of the prophets of the day. And this isn't really the first time that we see Jonah in the Bible. Okay, if you look in 2 Kings, you don't have to turn there. Jonah was one of the minor prophets that prophesied during the reign of Jeroboam the second, who was the ruler over the northern kingdom of Israel. Okay? You had the northern and the southern kingdom. They were divided, and Jonah was the one that told him, Hey, you're gonna win this. He was also the prophet that Jesus talked about in Matthew 12, when Jesus said, just like the days of Jonah, when he was in the well for three days and three nights, so will the Son of Man die and be resurrected. So Jonah, he was a pretty important guy in his day. And then you have the third character, which is Nineveh, or the Ninevites. Now, the Nineveh, Nineveh was a flourishing capital of the Assyrian armies, the Assyrian Empire, Okay, in Jonah 3, it says that it took Jonah three days just to walk the length of the city. Okay, so not that it would take three days, but think of Pittsburgh, Cleveland. It's the capital of this kingdom. Now, let me explain the Assyrians to you. They were a force to be reckoned with. The Assyrians were not godly by any means. Okay, if they were godly, God wouldn't have told Jonah to go preach to them. But let me tell you some, I guess, some subtitles of what I mean. When when they went to a city, their whole strategy of warfare was fear. They wanted you to be afraid of them. They had powerful bows, battering rams, archers on horseback. They um, mutilated their their prisoners, resettled whole communities. They would take a whole population of your town and resettle you thousands of miles away and take away your heritage. When they caught you, they would literally skin you alive. They stabbed, they beheaded. They impelled people's heads on poles. They chopped off hands, feet, and tongues and gouged out people's eyes. They were a major factor in splitting Israel from the north to the south, and they were still known as a threat to Israel. Now, I don't know about you, but if God called me to go preach to these people, I would be a little afraid, wouldn't you? I would be a little afraid. It would kind of, I mean, one... um, commentator told me it was kind of like back in uh, the world wars for God to tell a Jewish person to go witness to Hitler. Okay? That's what God was telling Jonah to do. Now, now that we know the details, let me tell you the story in its wholeness and not a cartoon. First, God calls Jonah a well-named prophet of the day to go to Nineveh. Jonah, of course, refuses and he runs the opposite way. Now, why did he do that? Either he was deathly afraid of what would happen to him, or he just had a lack of compassion for God's people. Let me ask you something. Have you ever had a lack of compassion for someone that God really wanted you to witness to? Jonah finds out that he can't run away from God. God sends judgment with the storm. It it almost capsizes the boat. After Jonah is found the cause by the sailors, they um, throw him overboard. Before he drowns, God provides a great fish that was not a well, just a great fish of the day. After three days and three nights, God commands the well to vomit Jonah onto dry land. After that, God again asks Noah, "Will you go to the Ninevites?" He obeys, and he goes there and he preaches, and the whole town repents before God. Now, if I was Jonah, I'd have a big, my big chest pouted up. I did this. You know what he does? He gets mad at God and complains because he wants God to destroy the Ninevites. See, the thing is, Jonah was bitter about the Ninevites. If someone had came in and destroyed your family and and broke up your kingdom, you wouldn't really want to have compassion on them, right? Jonah was deathly afraid, or he lacked compassion for the Ninevites. Now what I want to do is, is I want to talk about this man, this hero of the faith. How did this man that that didn't have compassion, that was deathly afraid, become one of the heroes that we still talk about today? This man died over 2,400 years ago. Now, I don't know about you, but I can't even remember some of the people I graduated high school with. And then you get on Facebook, and whoa, I don't know about you, but a lot of people I graduated with gained a lot of weight. I'm telling you, I looked at, now. Nah, I better. <sighs> Let me take my pastor hat off for a little bit. This one, wow. Sometimes you just can't recognize people, amen? But see, they could say the same about me because I was a stick in high school. I mean, Christy could have broken me if I didn't marry her, okay? No, I'll put my hat back on. But the thing is, how did Jonah, this man that wouldn't go witness to these people, either that he was afraid or that he didn't have compassion, how did he end up as a hero of the faith? Well, there's some strengths and there's some challenges that Jonah went through that can still apply to us today. Open your Bible to Jonah 1. And if you're taking notes, which I hope you are, Jonah's first strength was that he was a prophet. Now, what do I mean by that? In 2 Kings, it tells us that Jonah was one of the minor prophets that helped Jeroboam in the war to defeat his enemies. Jonah was one of the men of God of the day. Now, here in Steubenville, you go down the road and there's at least four churches on every street. Okay, and you go to Wintersville, and it's even worse. Okay, And if you go to Arkansas, every other house is a church. Okay, and If you've ever been to Arkansas, you know. But the thing is, back in those times, there wasn't a whole lot of ministers of the faith. And they called them prophets. And Jonah was one of the most important people on the face of the planet at this time. He was the man of God. He was the one that God spoke to, and then he spoke to the king. The king didn't even talk to God. He would go to the prophet and say, should we go to war or shouldn't we? Shouldn't we? And Jonah was one of the prophets. who so would say, yea or nay. And the king of the country would go with this man's advice. He was a prophet. But let's look at Jonah 1, 1 and 2. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Adamatai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. Jonah was a prophet. He was the servant of the Lord. His first strength was that even though he made mistakes, he was still God's man. Now, let me ask you this: Are you God's man or woman today? Not that you have to be. Um, not that you have to be perfect. We talked about the man with the white suit last week, and how he thought he always had to be perfect when he was around the church people. Not that you have to be perfect, but are you God's man or woman today? Because I want to tell you something that's very important. If you want to be a hero of the faith in the common age, you can't do that and live two separate lives. You get that? If you want God to use you, if you want your family to get saved, if you want to make an impact in your culture, in your work, you can't live two separate lives. Was Jonah perfect? No, but he was always the man of God. We never see Jonah turn away from his relationship with God. Yes, he ran from God, but he never turned away. My question to you is, Pastor Dave, why is my family not getting saved? Why are people at work always not respecting that I'm a Christian? Can I argue that maybe they don't see the fruit of what you're saying? Can I argue that maybe your family needs to see your actions more than they see your words? Dad, why is my kids rebelling against God? Do they see what you say? Or what you do. You ever heard that phrase, don't do what I say, do what I do? Or, you know what I'm talking about, okay? I'm not that old yet. I'm not going to start talking like my grandfather yet. But the thing is, don't, no wait. Yeah, I can't. I still can't think of it. But the thing is, people need to see that you live the life. Why did they respect Jonah? Because he was the prophet of the day, but he just didn't have the name tag prophet. He was the man of God. Why did they respect King David? Because he was the man of God of God my question is church are you the men and women of God today where God can make you a hero of the faith Seth, second strength is this Jonah was honest to a fault have you ever known anybody like that have you ever known anybody that actually pays more taxes because they're so honest that's me my tax guy really I get on his nerves because I'm like I think I received five dollars one time and I need to pay this on my taxes my tax guy never has to worry about me lying, okay? And the thing is, I've had to pay money before because I want to be honest to a fault. Jonah was the same way. He was honest to a fault. How do we know that? Did you know that the book of Jonah was not written by anyone else? Do you know that the book of Jonah was an autobiography? And it was written about 50 to 100 years after this situation that happened with Jonah in the well or the big fish. The book of Jonah was an autobiography, now, I don't know about you, but if I had to write my own autobiography, there would be some stuff that I would leave out. Okay, I can tell you some weird stuff that happened. First time I tried to baptize somebody in a church, I was a youth pastor, and there's a reason why the steps to the baptistry have the little sandpaper so you don't trip, okay? And I'm walking down and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm nervous, I'm shaking, I've never baptized anybody before, and I walk down and thank God that the curtains were closed, we don't have that here, it's not good. But the thing is, I was like a little bobblehead, like, do 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 And the thing is, there's some things in autobiography I wouldn't tell you. There's some things that are funny that I wouldn't tell you, and there's some things about my past that I don't want anyone to know, but Jonah was honest. That's the cool thing about the Bible. You want to know something that's real? Read the Bible. They don't sugarcoat anything in the Bible. Jonah was real. Now, he was honest to a fault in two ways. First was to the men on the ship. Okay, everybody turn to Jonah 1, verse 7. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this clement. Clement... Yeah, thank you. They cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us. What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? Where's your country, and what people are you? And from what people are you? He said, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them, and they and they asked, what have you done? Because they already knew that he was running away from God. Silly Noah couldn't even tell the people that he was on the ship with That He didn't even know that he did something wrong. He was honest to a fault. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm. We're about to die. And listen to what he says. Pick me up and throw me into the sea. He replied. I really think he was about a couple fries short of a happy meal there. Okay, let me die for you guys and it will become calm. I know that that this is my fault and that the great storm has come upon me. Jonah was so honest to a fault that when they were all about to die... He didn't blame it on someone else. He blamed it on himself. He said, you know, guys, this is my fault. Throw me over. Let me die that God can spare your life. And if you read on in the story, these men actually prayed that God would not judge them for throwing the prophet over. Why was he so honest? Also, we find in Jonah 4, I won't read it, but even to God, he's honest. I don't know about you, but I don't know of another man but Besides Jonah, that was so honest with God. He said, God, I don't like you. I don't like what you're doing, and I'm mad. And I'm going to go sulk under a tree. Jonah was honest to a fault. He didn't take the easy way out. He didn't take the, the bell out, if you will. He was honest. Let me ask you something. Are you that way? When people look at you at your job, when people look at you at high school, at Indian Creek, Oscar... When people see you at college or, you know, visiting family, do they say, you know, I don't know a lot about that guy, but he is always honest. She's always honest. Because you know what? What you're showing them is Jesus. Are you honest to a fault? The fourth strength is strength. Oh, excuse me. The third strength is that Jonah was a man that takes responsibility. Men, listen to me. We need some men in our lives to take responsibility. Amen? I've seen a lot of fathers in my day, but I haven't seen a lot of daddies. It's really simple to become a father. It's simple genetics, it's simple going and, and um, spending a little bit of time with a person of the opposite sex, but it's very hard to be a dad. It's very hard to be a dad. I was watching 2020 last night and it wasn't about a dad. It was about a mom that committed murder and she's saying she didn't do it and her own kids are saying, you know what? She'll always be my mother, but she'll never be my mom. What a legacy to have that your kids don't even think of you as a parent. Jonah was a man that takes responsibility for his mistakes. He didn't rely on others to take the blame. He didn't say you know what, Captain, I think you're the one that made the mistake. Let's throw him overboard. He said, no, it's my fault. Even to the point of death, I'll take the responsibility. We need men like that in Steubenville. See, Jonah didn't pass the blame. He didn't weasel out of God's judgment. He was a real man that took responsibilities, good or bad. And let me tell you you of a great man in my life. And I'm almost done. I'm going to preach the rest of it later. There was a good man that I knew. One of the best men in my life was my grandfather. He's not saved, he doesn't know God. But my grandfather, he's actually my step-grandfather. I never look at him like that, but he's my step-grandfather. And when he met my grandmother, she had been beaten. Her husband, which is my real grandfather, name is Charles, he beat her, he cheated on her, he was a drunk. And my grandfather, with no more than a fourth grade education, fell in love with my grandmother. This was the man that they had to drive him to the license test and read him his driver's license test because he can't read even to this day. My grandfather hardly can't even write a check because he doesn't know what to do. But he took this woman that he fell in love with, and guess what? He didn't just get her, but he got three kids that weren't his own. My dad, my uncle, and my aunt. And the biggest man that I've ever seen is my grandfather raised those kids like they were his own. I don't know if there was a problem, but my grandfather and my grandmother never had kids of their own. But my grandfather took responsibility of another man's child and raised that child. And you know what? Growing up, my grandfather was my hero. He didn't rely on someone else. As far as I can As far as I know, Charles, my real grandfather, never paid a dime of child support. Never did anything to help my grandfather. But my grandfather of a fourth grade education took responsibility where it was needed. He didn't say, you know what, we're going to get married, but let's ship these kids off. No, he took my um, elders and he raised them. And they'll tell you today that that's their dad. That's their dad. Jonah took responsibility. He took responsibility. And I want to cover these last two things real quick. The fourth strength was that Jonah had a repentance heart, a repentant heart. We know that in Jonah, when he was inside the belly of the well or the big fish, that he prayed to God. And here's what he said in Jonah 2, verse 8. You can turn there. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise will sacrifice to you, God. I don't want to go, but I will. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. A good man of God or woman of God knows when they're wrong. Noah was very stubborn. He was very angry, as we'll talk about later. But he was a man that said, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. When I'm wrong, I'm wrong. He apologized to God. But the thing is, there's a difference between forgiveness and repentance, amen? Have you ever said to anybody, you know what, don't tell me you're sorry anymore, just change. You ever had that? Don't tell me what you've done wrong, just change. Jonah had a repentant heart, it wasn't just a forgiveness heart. He didn't just ask for forgiveness, and then when God rescued him from the fish, he started running again. The Bible says in Jonah 3, when the word of the Lord came to Jonah for the second time, after he was out of the fish... And he said, go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim it, the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the Lord and went to Nineveh. Jonah was a man of God. He was the prophet. He was honest to a fault. He took responsibility and he had a repentant heart. Church, let me ask you this as we close today. are you a man or woman of God? And I don't mean today on Sunday, but I mean on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. When you go to the workplace, are you a man or woman of God? Are you honest to a fault? And basically what that means is, do you have the fruit to back up what you're doing? A lot of people don't. Thank you, Nick, I forgot to call you up. Thirdly, do you take responsibility even when it's not You're, maybe you didn't even do anything wrong, but you want to take responsibility. You want to be the one that says it right. And then do you have a repentant heart? And I knew this was going to happen. I knew I wouldn't have enough time because, oh my, there's so much I didn't share with you guys. Today, church, we're looking at a hero of the faith, which is Jonah. And you know what? I didn't even get to the challenges this man had. He was angry. He disobeyed God. He looked at God, the God that was loving others, he looked at them like they were God's enemies. Do you know that Jonah, after he repented and got out of the well, went to Nineveh, preached the gospel, and the people got saved. It said that his message was so good that the words reached the king, and the king actually took off his clothes and set in sackcloth and ashes because he thought if we can just have the mercy of God. That must have been some sermon. Do you know what Jonah did? Out of his anger, after they said that, he said, God, this is the reason why I didn't come because I knew you'd be compassionate and I hate these people. He he actually did. Okay, he said it in so many words and you know what he did? And Christians, this reminds me of myself and maybe many many of you if the shoe fits. Jonah, after he told God that, he went and plopped under a branch and sulked and waited and hoped that God would destroy these people you ever had anybody in your life and you're like, God, I know I'm supposed to turn the other cheek, but when they hit me again, that's free game. Okay, whoa, whoa. Have you ever had anybody that was your mortal enemy and God said, Paul, walk up to that person and tell them you forgive them and you love them? I forgive you. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate that. (laughs) Unresolved issues. This whole sermon was just to get Paul to forgive me. Have you ever had someone in your life that treated you so badly, that broke up your family, and God says, I want you to go and tell them about my love. Have you had that? That was Jonah's weakness was, or his challenge was, that he didn't show God's compassion when he was supposed to. Let me tell you a story, and I'll close with this. Oh my, I wish I had a couple more hours. You guys will sit here, right? Ah. I think I'm going to have to start preaching starting at 9 and then we'll get out at noon. My dad growing up was a man that wasn't a godly man. He beat my mom. He was an alcoholic. He was a drug addict. I, you don't hear me talking about my dad very much. Our, our relationship's better now than what it used to be. But my dad wasn't a father. When I talk about my grandpa being a, a, a father to the kids that weren't his... He was also a father to a grandson that wasn't his. See, my grandfather raised me. His name is Billy Apostle, and he's the greatest man I've ever known. But my dad, growing up, I started going to church, and I started hearing these things about, you need to forgive people that you haven't forgive. You know, that was hard for me. I can remember my dad being so drunk one night and feeling so sorry for himself that he got beat up by a guy in front of me. And he slept out in the doghouse all night instead of coming into the house. My dad was not a good person growing up. And one night in youth group, God says, you know, Dave, you need to go forgive your dad. And I didn't want to church. When I was in high school, by the time I reached high school, I couldn't even say I love you to this man. He wasn't my dad. Billy Postle, my grandfather, was my dad. But God says, he needs to know me, David. And if you're gonna preach to the masses one day, You have to forgive this man. So I went out to the camper in the backyard. My dad didn't even live in a house. He lived in the camper and literally stole the electricity from my grandparents' house in the backyard. And I went out to the camper and I knocked. My dad said, come on in. He's sitting there and, you know, the camper smells like someone hasn't had a bath in a while. And I walked up to him and I said, dad, I got to tell you something. I said, I want you to know that I forgive you. For everything that you've done to me. It's one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. You know what he said? He says, you don't need to forgive me. I need to forgive you. He didn't accept my forgiveness at that day. But I forgave him. See, the story of Jonah is that he did not like these people. There was maybe people that Jonah had known, his best friend, that the Assyrians had killed and destroyed the kingdom. But God says you need to have compassion on the lost and the hurting and even the person that has done you wrong. The Bible says it's very easy to love someone that loves you, but Christ showed his mercy while we were yet sinners, he gave his life for us. See church, God is telling word of life and you that it's time to have compassion. It's time to break the barriers between families and brothers and sisters that hasn't talked for years. It's time to forgive. Because you know what? When you don't forgive someone, it only hurts you. It only hurts you. My dad was not sitting in his camper weeping because, you know, I had unforgiveness to him. It only hurts you. And you know what? If you don't forgive that person, how will they ever know the love of Christ? Christ. Do you know that you're the only Bible that some people will ever read? You're the only Jesus, you're Jesus with flesh on to your families? And I didn't plan to saying any of this. So God must be talking to someone. God wants you to have compassion. He said, Jonah, go to the Ninevites and tell them that I'm going to destroy them if they don't come to me. And it finally went, and God, being God, only God, has compassion on these men that have skinned people alive that have raped women, that have done everything that they wanted to do to anybody, and Jesus Christ says, you know, I'll forgive you. But Jonah had to go. Church, there may may be someone here that you need to go to. There may be a phone call that you need to make after service. Say, I forgive you. We have to forgive. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you today. And God... As I forgave my dad years ago, Lord, it was a weight lifted off my shoulders. God, I had to go to people. I had to have compassion for people like you had, Lord. God, as we sit here today as as your believers, Lord, as people that know you, Lord, help us not to contain your compassion in these four walls of this building. God, help us not to contain your passion in the four walls of our hearts and our minds. But God, help us to show the world. And not even just the world, help us to show our enemies, Lord, the people that we literally hate. Help us to show them your compassion, Lord, so we can be the next heroes of your faith, Lord. That people can look at us and say, not Jonah, but David, Jill, Sally, Dan, they were heroes of the faith that people can look over our grave when we leave and there's a legacy that we had compassion and people came to you. Lord, we will never know how many people will come to you through what we do, Lord, until we get to heaven. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. As all heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, talking about God's compassion, I'd be amiss if I didn't offer an altar call to someone that maybe doesn't know him. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Dave, you know I need forgiveness maybe I'm the one that needs to ask for forgiveness instead of giving but maybe I'm here you know Pastor Dave I've ran away from God just like Jonah ran away from Nineveh I've ran away from God or maybe I'm here and you know what this Jesus character I've never heard of a love like the one you're showing if you're here today real quick and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior I want to tell you, there's good news. There's light at the end of the tunnel. He knows your name. He knows that you would be at Word of Life today. He knows that you would listen to a preacher that can't preach, but he's trying to tell you about God. If you're here today, you say, Pastor Dave, I need to make my life, I need to make my lifestyle more like Christ. If you're here today and you haven't asked Jesus into your heart, or maybe you've ran away and you want to rededicate your life, would you just raise your hand right now just between me, you, and God? No one else. No one else. I want to make sure that I don't leave this place without asking that question. Amen. Amen. Lord, help us today to go into this week, Lord God, with a new sense of your compassion a new sense of your will. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. All God's people said, Amen, Amen.